Welcome to the serialized audiobook, Seven Deadly Seals, written by Alana Albertson, narrated by Jason Clark and Jennifer O'Donnell, produced at Brickshop Audio Inc. Seven Deadly Seals is also available in print as an ebook on the Radish Fiction app and as a full-length audiobook. If you want the whole story without waiting, grab one of these formats from the links at www.authoralanaalbertson.com. That's www.authoralanaalbertson.com. And now, Seven Deadly Seals, Episode 5. Chapter 13. Grant. Last night completely sucked. I couldn't even score with a stripper. But I wasn't about to blame myself. Call me a conceited prick, but I didn't usually have a problem with the ladies. Ever. Maybe I should have told her what I did for a living. Like the magical phrase, Open Sesame opened the cave's mouth for Alibaba. The words, I'm a motherfucking Navy SEAL, usually opened a woman's mouth to my cock. But who knew? This chick wasn't American. The SEAL line probably wouldn't work with her anyway. Her ignorance about SEALs suited me fine. I didn't want to deal with another frog hog, begging to start a relationship or bragging to her girlfriends she fucked a SEAL, only to cheat on me once she got what she wanted. I wanted one woman I could fuck whenever I desired. No talk about our futures or our pasts. Ksenia was perfect. I'd sacrificed so much for Mia, hadn't tried out for any East Coast teams so I could stay close to her, spent weekends with her instead of bonding with my guys. What she didn't know was that I'd planned on proposing to her. Had even asked Joaquin for his blessing. Then she'd left me while I was clinging to life in a hospital bed, her engagement ring tucked in the bottom of my sea bag. But being injured was the best thing that ever happened to me. Otherwise, I'd have married that bitch, and she would have divorced me the second we had any problems, which was inevitable being married to a teen guy. Last weekend, we had the big welcome home family day, though this homecoming had been bittersweet. No Joaquin, no Mia. For a while, they had both been like family. All the teen guys loved Mia then. Despite my anger toward her, I wondered how she was doing without Joaquin. She was completely alone now. No parents, no brother. I was almost surprised she hadn't tried to contact me again. I couldn't blame her for giving up after the way I'd shut her down with Joaquin's arrest. Our last homecoming rager ended with a dead stripper and my best buddy getting accused of her murder. My team needed this party for morale, since we were struggling to get back to normalcy and rebuild our trust. I believed Joaquin was innocent. I hoped that I would see something tonight, a trigger, and I could figure out what the fuck went wrong that night. Even on deployment, none of the guys remembered anything. Kyle, Vic, Joe, and Pat had left earlier that evening. The rest of us had all been in rooms with strippers. No one remembered anyone else being at the party, but I had to admit we were all pretty fucked up. I'd actually vowed to stop frequenting strip clubs after that girl's death, but I went back to the club to see if I could find any clues. 
Ksenia hadn't been at the party that night, but maybe she'd heard some girls talk. My truck pulled up at the strip club. Ksenia stood out front, wearing a thigh-skimming black and pink skirt with a tight black tank top. I could see her nipple buds begging me to suck on them. Tonight. I had to have her tonight. She leaned into my window and kissed me on the cheek. Hi, Grant. These are my friends Brenna, Eden, and Christy. Another bottle blonde, a redhead with tacky lipstick, and a brunette with sparkly nails. My friends would love these women, but unfortunately none of them had been at the party that night. Nice to meet you ladies, I nodded, and they piled into my truck. The scent of cheap perfume and self-tanner filled the air. I headed to Pacific Beach. The girls chatted in the back, but I could only focus on Ksenia's hand rubbing up my thigh. The closeness of an exquisite woman who had not once peppered me with questions was comforting. She hadn't interrogated me about my job, mentioned my family, or asked me what I wanted from her. It was probably the language barrier. You look beautiful tonight. Thank you. You look to me very handsome. I laughed. Her accent was cute. I'd never understood the obsession some men had with foreign women. I was a diehard patriot. I bled red, white, and blue. It had never crossed my mind to date someone who hadn't been born in the United States. But maybe I had been too close-minded. I allowed myself to entertain the thought of dating a woman who would be there for me even if I lost a leg, who would nurse me back to health. Someone who would never betray me, like Mia had. Fuck. It had been so long since I'd given so much thought to Mia. Yes, I had missed her dreadfully, but that pain had soon turned into anger. Why was I thinking so much about her now? I had been with dozens of women since we split, and none had ever caused me to scrutinize our relationships so much. Was it Ksenia? Was it because I felt connected to her? Her mannerisms? Why now? Stop. Don't even think about it. I'd enjoy the attention she was giving me while I was in town. Then I'd deploy again, and I was sure she'd move on to her next client. But this woman's voice, the sound of her laughter, the way she looked at me, there was comfort in her presence. I couldn't explain this unshakable feeling that no matter how hard I tried, she was more than a one-night stand. Chapter 14 Cassinia. Grant barely said a word on the car ride. I couldn't tell if he was beginning to figure me out, if he had something on his mind, or if he was losing interest in me after only one date. Despite my protests, I didn't know how long I could play the full virginal stripper act. If Grant grew sick of my games, he could toss me aside, and I'd lose my only shot at exonerating Joaquin. I really needed to pull myself together and solidify my plan. Grant parked his truck a few blocks from the beach. A crush of tourists swarmed the streets. A young couple headed toward the water, basking in the glow of the sunset. I paused and watched them, a stolen glimpse into what had to be first love. The man gazed at the woman, their movements in sync, walking quickly, as if to erase the distance between them. 
Grant had looked at me like that once, as if he thought I could do no wrong, that we would be together forever. Now he looked at Ksenia with a combination of hunger and suspicion. His skin was flushed, yet his eyes were narrowed. Was he suspicious of me? I was pretty confident that I had him fooled. Even so, I knew Grant would never look at me with such tenderness again. Focus, woman. I was so pathetic, thinking about my relationship with my ex-boyfriend instead of clearing my brother's name. No more. From here on out, Grant was nothing more than a job to me. He draped his strong arm around my waist. I pursed my lips. We approached the door of the townhouse, and my fists tightened. I had to be on my game tonight. This was my big chance to find a clue. The last time Joaquin had been free was at a party like this. I said a silent prayer, closed my eyes, and hoped our parents were watching over me, guiding me toward the right path. The door opened. Damn, guess I wasn't the only one who'd brought friends. It was like bring your own stripper night, with a proper threesome ratio of two women for every seal. At least 20 women in various stages of undress were cuddling the men, limbs draped over each other, bodies entwined. I counted 13 men besides Grant, but I only cared about Mitch and Paul for now, seals on Joaquin's squad. I needed to either eliminate them as suspects or focus my investigation on their actions the night of the murder. My friends from Panthers dispersed and were quickly introducing themselves to the other guys. I'd chosen the girls at random, the ones who had been nicest to me, but these ladies clearly knew how to work the room. And as any girl in her 20s who partied hard in San Diego knew, these men, no matter what they claimed they did for a living, were clearly Navy SEALs. Once you'd been to Coronado a few times, SEALs were easy to identify. Longer hair, fuller beards, massive muscles sculpted from carrying Zodiac boats, tan skin, weathered hands, cocky attitudes that oozed through the air. Basically a gang of hard bodies who could easily star in the latest summer blockbuster. Grant seemed distracted, his gaze focused on something or someone. Ksenia, can I get you a drink? I glanced in the direction of his gaze and saw a young woman with short blonde hair standing near the refrigerator. Yes, please. I want vodka and the cranberry juice. Grant headed to the kitchen. My eyes followed his movements. Mitch eyed me from across the room. He could be the one who killed Tiffany. I recalled his vile comments to me at the pickled frog. April, his long-suffering wife, was probably sitting at home, doing his laundry, putting their kids to bed, while he was out getting lap dances from strippers. Mitch walked over and sat down next to me. So you're Grant's latest piece of ass. Nice to meet you. I'm Mitch. I studied his face. Something was off about him. His massive dilated pupils crowded out the pigment of his brown eyes, and his nose was shaded red. 
Nice to meet with you also. You sell the drugs too? I contained a laugh, delighted at my pharmaceutical pun. His eyebrows lifted, but his calm face didn't react to Grant's lie. These men were used to covering for each other. Nah, I'm a tattoo artist. My brother has a shop. He leaned into me. His alcohol-spiked breath blew hot on my neck. Man, you're a knockout. Have I seen you somewhere before? I scanned the room, but Grant had vanished, and so had the girl I'd seen earlier. Did he know her? I work at the Panthers. I saw you as a knight when you came in together with Grant. He laughed and placed his hand on my upper thigh, squeezing my skin so tight I was sure he had left a mark. Nah, baby, not then. You're a porn star, aren't you? I pressed my hands against my stomach. Where was Grant? Why was he taking so long? In all the time I dated him as Mia, not one of his teammates ever so much as winked at me. They knew the rules. A teen guy's woman was off limits, no exceptions. But I wasn't Grant's woman anymore. I was a stripper, not an equal partner, a mere possession. Did he intend to pass me around to his friends? No, I am not in those type of the movies. Sorry, you are wrong. His grip tightened on my jean skirt. I'm never mistaken, bitch. I've fucking seen you somewhere before. Maybe I've even fucked you. His finger moved up my thigh and hooked the lace trim on my panties. Quit the virgin act. Go dance for me or something. His words shot off like rapid fire, and he forced my hand against his cock. I considered screaming, but the blaring music would have drowned out my voice. What was wrong with this man, with all these arrogant sons of bitches? I was in some alternate bizarro reality where these men I'd always looked up to as honorable, steadfast heroes of character were exposing themselves to be misogynistic pricks. But I knew this asshole from all of April's late night tearful phone calls. Mitch loved a challenge. I was just shocked at how disrespectful he was toward me. I squeezed him hard, his cock already rock solid in his jeans. Uh, you're right. We did fuck, but you did not last. Better luck to you next time. His mouth raped mine, and I was too blindsided to resist. My lips numbed. A bitter metallic taste filled my mouth. Holy shit, Mitch was high as a hot air balloon. Was it cocaine? I'd heard about some seals in Aruba who were arrested for smuggling kilos of coke. Was this connected to Tiffany and Joaquin? I shoved his hands off me, recoiling from his touch. The last time I'd felt this disgusted had been that night years ago, when I'd been young and careless the night that I had ruined my relationship with Grant forever.
he laughed and knocked back his beer. I like you. You're a feisty bitch. Most of the strippers here don't put up a fight. You're a wildcat. Tell you what, when Grant gets sick of you in a few weeks, which he will, you can come suck me off. Let me get your number. He took out his phone. I steadied my nerves, desperate not to screw this chance up. Let me put it in your phone. He didn't hesitate to hand it to me. He scanned the room for Grant, and I knew I had to be quick. I stroked my long hair while his eyes were averted and popped the tracking chip, which Roma had given me for my hair clip. As I typed my contact info into Mitch's phone, I pressed the chip in the back under the leather case, praying it would work. I handed him back the phone, and he winked at me. What a creeper. I wanted to shove my fist up his coke-filled nose. But before I could do anything, Gran appeared, holding my drink, a jealous scowl on his face. I fought the desire to dump the vodka and cranberry juice over Mitch's head. For all I knew, that chip could lead to texts, phone numbers, some type of clue about what had happened that night. Maybe he'd come on to Tiffany after Joaquin had slept with her, and she had rejected him. He could have become pissed off and choked her. Everything okay here? Grant studied my lips, then glared at the lipstick stain on Mitch's face. Never better. Hey, man. Mitch sniffled. I'm pretty fucked up. You guys gonna fuck upstairs? Can I watch? I expected Grant to just laugh it off, but he shoved Mitch against the wall using a chokehold. You have 10 seconds to unfuck yourself, Mitch. If you ever talk to her like that again, I'll slit your throat. Got it. The rancor alerted some of the other guys, but none of them approached Grant and Mitch. Relax, man. She's a fucking stripper. Grant removed his hand from Mitch's neck. Get the fuck out of here. Mitch let out a laugh and walked away. Sorry about that, babe. He's a jerk. You okay? I blinked back fake tears. Yes. Thank you. Is there a bathroom? He pointed upstairs. First door on the left. I come right back. Away from Grant, I let out a deep, gratifying sigh. This was actually working. No one knew who I was. I pushed back the door to the bathroom and saw the girl Grant was looking at earlier. She seemed younger than me, maybe not even 20. A crisp blonde bob framed her round cheeks as she reapplied pink lipstick. Oh, sorry, I can come back. I turned away. Hey, hon, it's okay. So you're Grant's new girl. I'm Autumn, I used to work at Panthers. Grant's a good guy. My eyes widened. I'm Ksenia. You know Grant? Yeah. She paused, 
glanced toward the window. We hung out once at another party, but things got crazy. There was this murder. I'm sure you read about it in the papers. My breath stopped. She was there. I'm new to area. A seal killed one of the girls there? I was so scared. Grant and I were in the next room when this guy, Joaquin, found the girl dead. So tragic. Grant hasn't told you about it? No. We do not know each other so well. I get it. Well, good luck with him. Thank you. My mind raced. I needed to grill this girl, find out every detail about that night. But I had to get her away from this party, away from Grant. What do you do now for work? Her mouth twisted. I work at this new club downtown, Diamond. It's very high-end, very classy. We don't even go topless. Guys respect you way more. I'm sure the owner would love to have you. You're a knockout. I couldn't tell if she was just super friendly or if she was hitting on me. Either way, I didn't care. I couldn't let her go. So are you. Can I get it, your number? And I can go to see it, the place? I reached inside my purse. She snatched my phone from my hand didn't say a word, and tapped in her number. Call me any time. Nice to meet you, Ksenia. She shut the door. Holy shit, this was huge. I bet some of the other strippers who were at the party that night worked at Diamond. Maybe even Emma. I was getting closer to the truth, to Tiffany's real killer. I scrubbed Mitch's touch off of me and met Grant back downstairs. Babe, come to the rooftop deck with me. I want to show you something. I kissed Grant on the cheek, grateful to him for inviting me to this party. His sharp stubble burned my lips. A warm flush ran through my body, imagining that stubble grazing my thighs. I followed him upstairs, a light giggle, a deep moan, and a passionate scream pierced my ears. Was he taking me up to one of these hidden rooms? My palms were sweaty. My hands trembled. We passed the bedrooms, and he led me out to a small deck. My heart stopped. I knew what he wanted to show me. Sit, babe. Make a wish. A wish. Grant had brought me up here to watch the sunset, to see the green flash. The green flash wasn't a myth or even an optical illusion. If you ever sat on a San Diego beach at sunset and noticed a group of people staring silently in the same direction, they were looking for the green flash. That moment when the sun set and emitted the last glimpse of light, a flash the color of Emerald City in Oz, Grant pulled me to him, and I sat in his lap, his arms wrapped around me. Babe, study the sky. Legend has it, if you see a flash of green light, 
your wish will come true. Was he feeling a real connection with me? Or did he share this with all of his dates? It took every ounce of training I had not to question him. I wanted to know how many other women he'd shown the flash to. He'd taken me to a restaurant on this same beach on our first date. But I'd been unable to spot the flash. My eyes had been clouded by my love for him. The sadness for my parents' death still fresh in my heart. We'd planned to go back to see it together for our second anniversary. But we broke up a week before. Tonight, I vowed I would finally see it. I made my unspoken wish. My throat felt thick. My pulse quickened. I wished for Joaquin to be free, as a good sister should. But a brief wish passed through my head for Grant to forgive me and for us to fall in love again. His arms tightened around me, and I studied the fogless sky, determined to experience this phenomena with my true love. The hues from the sunset hung over the horizon. The sun dipped toward the water. Every nerve ending tingled and stirred inside me. My eyes focused. The final ray of light beamed right at me. My heart beat strongly in my chest. This glorious green spark filled my soul. Grant whispered into my ear. That was it, babe. This writer, Jules Verne, described it as the true green of hope. Oh my God, he was quoting Jules Verne now? You are so romantic to me. His shoulders fell. You just seem to have so much on your mind. I've gone through some rough shit, too. When I'm really down, I look at the sunset, and the flash pulls me through. A chill pulsed through my body. I remembered that Grant told me that during Bud's, looking for the flash had kept his determination not to quit strong. I remembered nursing him back to health afterward. So proud of him and my brother for finishing. Surviving five and a half days of extreme training on less than four hours of sleep was still unfathomable to me, though I had gone through my own version of Hell Week to get here. After taking care of him then, I'm sure he was baffled why I left him when he had been injured. But I could never tell him the truth. My resistance to Grant was weakening, despite my disgust for this new version of him. I loved the real Grant. Knew now, I always would. He was the only man I ever wanted to be with. If I couldn't find my way back to him, I'd rather be alone. I relaxed into his embrace. Having his warm mouth claim mine would be even better than finally seeing the flash. We'd kissed at the hotel, but I'd pulled away, worried a deep, longing kiss would be too intimate, too risky. But now... He held my hand. You want to get out of here? Yes. I want to go together with you. I texted the girls I had brought, and they all told me they could find rides home. Grant and I would be alone tonight. Chapter 15, Ksenia. 
The entire drive back to his apartment, I bit my nails and fidgeted in my seat. There was no going back now. The natural progression of our relationship beckoned for us to become intimate. I wanted him to act out all the fantasies I'd ever had about him. Only the thought of him discovering my identity held me back. Images rushed my head of our tame sex life. Warm, gentle, loving, definitely not hot. He'd been my first, my only. I never allowed myself to relax, exhale, let pleasure guide me. Tonight would be different. I was no longer a shy 18-year-old virgin. I was now a 22-year-old woman who feared nothing but failing her brother. He parked, and I hopped out of his truck, chasing after him in the moonlight. He went ahead, opened the door to his apartment, let Hero out in the small yard, and then invited me in. I remembered the first time he took me back to his place. He'd been so nervous, shy even. We had sat on the sofa, just talking all night until he finally worked up the courage to kiss me. He wasn't shy anymore. His strong hand grabbed the back of my head, pulling me toward his mouth. I offered my neck, refusing my lips. I had something else planned for them. My hand reached to unbutton his jeans, making its way down his chest. I knelt before him, and a deep breath escaped me. I'd never done what I was about to do. Grant had never asked, though I could recall many times that he placed his hand on the back of my neck, gently urging me to go south. Not that I hadn't loved him, not that I didn't think he was beautiful, not that I wasn't curious. I couldn't even explain my resistance. It had been just as much about fear as it had been about shyness. Despite his desire, I was afraid I'd disappoint him. I was frightened that the fantasy of me taking him in my mouth would be better than the real thing. I popped his jeans open, his huge cock freed, standing at full attention. He still never wore underwear, it seemed. That, at least, hadn't changed. My hand grasped his beautiful cock, harder, thicker, and longer than I remembered. But then again, I'd never seen it from this viewpoint. Suck me. I obeyed, responding to his orders. But despite his words, his dominance, I was in control. I wrapped my palm around his base and swirled my tongue along his length. He groaned, his eyes hooded. Harder, babe. My mouth clamped down on his cock, sucking as strongly as I could. He tasted spicy and a tad sweet, like chili and chocolate. I wanted to drink him up, please him, make him need me again. A groan left his lips, his back arched. Deeper, Ksenia. Fuck. He didn't know I was Mia. I was Ksenia to him. It almost made me cry, knowing he wasn't in any way thinking of me. He was simply using yet another woman to give him pleasure. My heart ached. Despite that, 
I also felt a measure of pride. He liked what I was doing. My confidence rose. The power over him caused a flutter in my stomach. My panties were soaked, wanting more. Wanting to feel this same strong cock inside me, filling up any space between us. He was pulsating inside my mouth. I gripped his thighs, pulling him deeper into my throat. His hand pressed on the back of my head. Gazania, stop, I... I had no intention of stopping. He was mine, my man, forever. I wanted to be the only woman to make him feel this way. He exploded into my mouth, and I lapped his salty come up, wanting to taste every last drop of him. A lazy grin spread across his face. You're incredible. He pulled me up from the floor, placed his arms around the swell of my back. Your turn. No, no way. I needed to remain in control. I'd won the first round, no reason to give in now. I fought the desire to feel his tongue devour me like I was his last meal. Tonight, it was for you. He didn't fight me, gave me a kiss on the forehead. Stay with me. I nodded, wrapped myself in his arms. This was the only way I could spend time with him, so I would treasure it and lock it away. Chapter 16, Grant. I gazed at the girl in my arms, purring beside me. She'd just given me an amazing blowjob, though I could tell she wasn't that experienced. She seemed nervous at first, almost shy, and she asked for nothing in return. I wiped the sleep out of my eyes, restless but afraid to move and wake her. What was her deal? She wasn't a typical stripper. She wasn't asking for anything, money, a commitment, not even love. I didn't have a fucking clue what she wanted from me. There had to be a catch. Her body flipped over and I escaped from the bed. I glanced around my bedroom, typical bachelor pad. Any trace of a woman had been erased. My eyes focused on a picture of Joaquin. We'd survived hell week together, vowed to hold each other up, never let each other quit. Then he'd slept with a stripper and she'd wound up dead. How could I be dumb enough to tempt fate and allow a stripper in my bed too? A pain grew in the back of my throat. I hated myself for not being there for him in his hour of need. Just a few years ago, my life had been filled with such purpose. My inner circle was tight and I'd been secure in my path. Now I knew that nobody was who he or she appeared to be. Not my fellow seals or this stripper slumbering in my bed. I trusted no one. Not even myself. I opened the sliding glass door, prepared to prevent Hero from barking at Ksenia and jumping all over the bed, the way he always greeted a stranger. Hero bounced in the door, his nose sniffing Ksenia's scent, but he didn't jump. A friendly bark and he lay at the end of the bed. 
Ksenia curled in a ball on the mattress above him. He'd never done that with any girl I'd brought home. Except for Mia. I studied the chick in front of me. She and Mia were the same height, but any resemblance ended there. Mia was soft and round, with tiny breasts and a perky butt. Ksenia was lean and sculpted, with tiggle bitties and a plump ass. Mia had hazel eyes with flecks of gold, and Ksenia had chocolate brown eyes. But I'd noticed the outline of her contacts in the moonlight earlier. Ksenia bites her lips when she's nervous. When she smiles, her mouth curls at the edge, on the left side, like Mia. A crazy thought flashed through my head. What if Mia hadn't been fucking kidding about transforming herself to exonerate Joaquin? Could she possibly be that insane to get plastic surgery to fool me? Mia had been in school for acting. I'd never seen her on stage since I'd always been too busy training. It was impossible for her to be that great of an actress, wasn't it? She had vanished. I'd even called her roommates, and they said they didn't have a clue where she went. But I knew she would never abandon her brother. Ever. Even though she had turned her back on me. No way. No fucking way. But it was hard to ignore Hiro's reaction to her. He almost seemed to know her. Surely it couldn't be. Was this a game? From the outset, Ksenia had targeted me. But why? Did she suspect me of killing Tiffany? Did she want to use me to find out who did? She wasn't in it to fuck me, otherwise the deed would have been done already. You're crazy, Grant. Not everything is a conspiracy. After Bud's, it took me months to walk down the street and not look at everyone as a potential threat. I was clearly paranoid. There was only one way to know for sure. I had to fuck her. To be continued. You've been listening to Episode 5 of Seven Deadly Seals. Tune in next week for Episode 6. You've been listening to Seven Deadly Seals, written by Alana Albertson, narrated by Jason Clark and Jennifer O'Donnell, produced at Brickshop Audio Inc. Seven Deadly Seals is also available in print as an ebook on the Radish Fiction app and as a full-length audiobook. If you want the whole story without waiting, grab one of these formats from the links at www.authoralanaalbertson.com. That's www. Dot A-U-T-H-O-R-A-L-A-N-A-A-L-B-E-R-T-S-O-N dot com.